Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. morning. I hope that you are welcome this morning. You've probably been welcomed a a thousand times, hopefully. If we've done our job well and our host ministry has done their job well, you felt very loved this morning. And uh, we are so thankful to those who serve at Luminance Church. Can we give everybody who serves here a big hand? Just a quick statistic on that. Quick statistic on, on average. On an average Sunday, we average about 70 people in this room. And we have about 95 people serving on Sunday mornings. I don't know how that's possible, but it's incredible. Um, absolutely, everybody's just owned this church and just, and just gotten in and got involved. And I'm so thankful, so thankful for those who've gotten involved and, and just come and serve week in and week out. We are on week three of Draw Near, our series Draw Near. This has been a fun Series. In fact, it, it centers around the spiritual disciplines, and I'll explain that here in a moment. And I love the spiritual disciplines. It's one of the ways that I really connected with Jesus, and I really think it's important for us to value. And I also love the fact that this is a promise. It's a promise that we've been in over the last couple of weeks, and all of my job is to remind you of God's promises every week for your life and to spur you on in the faith. And so if you forgot it last night when you were clubbing, this morning maybe you remember after, after your hangover wears out, off, and, uh, and maybe you'll remember a little bit that God loves you, and he loves you this morning. No matter where you are, and no matter what you've done this week, and no matter what, what, where you've been or who you've been around, God loves you. He loves you. That's so comforting. I, I am so thankful that God loves me and it's not conditional love. He's a good, good father. And he loves you unconditionally well. And I love how he loves you. I love how he affirms you. And I love even his discipline and his subtle rebukes. Amen. Man, this promise, James 4, 8. James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Such a promise. Something that I stood on when I was a little kid, that if I drew near to God, I had enough faith that if I did that, he would meet me exactly where I was. I was thankful for that. The Bible is filled with so many promises. We're going to look at some of these today, some of the promises of God. And and I hope that this past week that you've been cashing in on this promise. I hope you've been taking it to the heavenly bank, that you've actually been cashing in your chips and going, okay, God, I want to dare to believe that you'll meet me exactly where I am. The whole job and the whole point of this promise is connectedness. A connectedness, a a relationship between the Father and you, that there would be a connectedness. There was no better person to model this from than my friend Matt. My friend Matt is the best connector in the whole world. I love Matt. He went to Texas A&M. Okay, a few fans. He went to Texas A&M. He, he drove home every, every so often, seven hours back to West Texas, where I'm from. And on his way, he would have a whole list of names. And what he would do is go through his phone book, calling everybody in his phone book. 
And he was a master at this. I mean, he would go through and just call and just call. And if they didn't pick up, he would just call somebody else. I was a victim of this phone call every once in a while. Every once in a while, he would call me. And as he did, what's amazing about Matt is his genuineness. Is that no matter if he was on number 30 in his phone book, it was as though it was his first conversation. Matt was an, just an amazing artist at that, at the art of connecting. And, and I love Matt because I learned a lot of things. I learned that, that relationships matter and you must be intentional with them. I learned so many things from Matt. And as we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. In other words, God's saying, connect to me and I'll connect to you. Connect to me and I will connect to you. Our text today is in Joshua chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Joshua chapter 1. Or you can look on Luminous Church app in the notes section. We'd love for you to follow along this morning. Or if you forget that scripture, you can always look it up um, through our app throughout the week and to be encouraged. Joshua chapter 1 is an amazing scripture. There's so much to, to pull from. In fact, many preachers preach from Joshua chapter 1. It is a fun, fun passage. And I just want to highlight really one section in Joshua chapter 1. But for context, I want to read all of it. 1, 1 through 9. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm given to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. Promise number one. Look at that promise. God is full of promises. Verse four, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your ter territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. We're in five verses, and we already have two promises. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law of Moses, all the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. There we find a, a little snippet of discipleship. Can't wait to dive into that. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord says three times, be strong and courageous. And so many times I want to just preach this message, be strong and courageous. But what I really want to focus on is where does strength come from? Where does this courage come from? Where do we find this? I believe that it comes through meditation. Over the last three weeks, we've been talking about stuff. Three weeks ago, we talked about awareness. I just wanted you to be aware and acknowledge God. If you did that, you're doing well for the week. If you could just think about God in your car, maybe, maybe at McDonald's drive-thru, wherever it was, maybe not McDonald's drive-thru, maybe wherever it was, I wanted you to acknowledge God in his presence. 
Last week, we talked about solitude. That I wanted you to get alone with God. I wanted you just to be with God. That you would get alone to a, a, a place all by, yourself, all by yourself, isolated from everything, all distractions, even your phone. That's hard. Get away from your phone. And be by yourself and just be with God. Today, I want to talk about meditation. Meditation, this little snippet that I believe is such an important thing for us. It's when our thoughts and our affections are centered on Jesus. That, that it's not to, to get rid of all of our thoughts. It's not to reach this level of nirvana. It's not to reach a level of zen. It's not to rid our mind of everything. It's actually to fill our mind with his presence. To fill your mind over and over again. I think all of us meditate in here. All of us meditate. I'll prove it. Some of you came in a worship song and they were playing up here and, and you started zoning out and you were thinking about cutting your grass. You were like, you know, the lines go this way, but I wonder if I crossed them, if it looked prettier. You know, my, my lawn is brown and my neighbor's is really, really green. Maybe if I put just some more fertilizer. Oh, maybe, where are we, we going to go eat today? I don't know. Maybe we'll go to Chacho's. I don't know. Maybe we'll go somewhere like that. What, what are we, what are we going to do for food? I don't, I don't know. And you start zoning out and you're thinking, oh, man, that guy up there looks really good on the guitar. I really like him. Is he single? Oh, yeah, there's no ring. It's awesome. I'm going to keep looking at him. I wonder what it'll look like. Maybe, maybe we'll walk down the aisle one day together. Maybe we'll rent that, rent that sweet little facility up there on the mountain, you know, and be awesome. Right at sunset, you know, 707 probably on July 7th, you know, 2015. It's amazing how we zone out. We all do it. We all do it. You'll find yourself at work, zoning out. You'll find yourself everywhere, zoning out. Maybe you look like Michael Scott from The Office where you're just looking out and you're just thinking. And you're wondering what's happening. And nothing's there. And you're thinking about all sorts of stuff. I like Michael Scott. He's my friend. I can relate. King of awkward. So it's awesome. Maybe you feel like this. And I, I think oftentimes we do that is that, that we have the tendency to just zone out and think about things. Dreamers. Fantasies. So many things. And I want to encourage you and implore you today. Could we zone out for a moment with Jesus on our mind? Can we zone out and really just instead of dwelling on these things, these temporal things, these good looking guitar players and all these things that we could just dwell on Jesus, on his presence, on who he is, on what his kingdom will be like one day. What will heaven be like? I wonder what, what will his what will his gentle face feel like and how will it be? sitting in his lap and how will it be casting our crowns at his feet how will it be singing to him over and over again could we just dwell on him and think about him that when we're in the place of solitude and we're looking wherever your view is that you would just be glaring out and your thoughts would be flooded with the goodness of jesus and what's amazing is he's the one who gave you an imagination I don't think imagination is the result of sin. I think the imagination is to fix ourselves on Jesus. It's why Paul writes, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. It's why at Luminous Church we say, if you could just see Jesus clearly this week and, and think about him and think on him, then maybe your life would be a little bit more God-centered than you-centered. It's something that we so desire for your life, something that I pray for often. 
not only for my life, but for you. And as we read Joshua, we read about the benefits of meditation. There's some motivations in there. There's what prosperous and success. Now, I want to encourage you in every relationship, you can view the relationship in several different ways. A lot of days, these times we look at relationships and we wonder, what can we get out of that relationship? Have you ever done that? I do it oftentimes. I'm a, I'm a pastor who is trying to fill up a theater. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll engage somebody and I'll be like, man, it's so awesome seeing you. How, you know, you have kids and married. Okay, awesome, awesome. Here's a luminous church card. I'd love for you to come. I'll see you there. Right, I'm a, I'm a little, a little agenda, a little, you know, something, something like, man, maybe they'll come. It makes me feel better when the seats are full. And, and you know, as, as I've discovered over and over again, and people new in their faith and new to Jesus, they pray simple prayers and God meets them there. It's so awesome. Okay, God, um, man, you know, I know I, I love you, right? But Jesus, could you just do something cool for me today? Like, I'm at Starbucks and just hanging out here and. It's really fun, but man, it would be so cool. You know, I hear about people blessing other people. Would it, be, it would be so cool if I get blessed, and then they get blessed. It's like crazy. It's like God loves their simple prayers, their faith. And he loves you too, and he loves your simple prayers, and he loves your faith. And he loves it, and he loves it. But there are wrong motivations in relationship. A wrong motivation is how can I use this relationship for my benefit? And so you, you often hear a scripture like this, and, and oftentimes it's spoke of, okay, here's how your ways are prosperous, and here's how you find success if you just meditate on God. So I want all you go home and meditate on God so that your bank account will be full. Amen. That would be so awesome, but that's really the wrong motive. The right motive is, is our prosperity and our goodness and our success is his presence alone. His presence is enough richness for all of us to satisfy a lifetime. In fact, a lifetime past a lifetime, eternal life. And, and so maybe there's wrong motives, or maybe, maybe it's just burdensome. You ever feel burdened by, you know, when we went to church today, and the pastor was like, dude, you got to get alone with God, or you're not awesome. So then you make, you know, you start getting alone, and you make a list, and you're like, okay, um, I'm going to do what pastor said. I'm going to make 15-minute quiet time, and then I'm going to pray for grandma, and then I'm going to pray for um, dad, and then I'm going to pray for wife, and then I'm going to pray for kid, and then I'm going to pray for dog, and then cat, and then mouse, and then the bugs would go away, and everything else in your list goes on and on. And as you do this list, you, you get kind of overwhelmed, and, it's, and you begin to tell yourself, I don't even want to spend time with Jesus. I am so overwhelmed by that list. And so you just hit the snooze button because it's really easier. You know, we throw our hands up before we start because we think there's so many, so many burdens to this. I have a friend. She, she's a list person. She's always making lists. I mean, wherever it is. And she doesn't make them in her phone. She makes them on paper and a pen. And she writes real big and, and real, real fun so she can read it. And all this stuff. And she loves these lists. And she makes a huge, huge list. And she has them all over the place. And there's lots of lists. And, and when I see that, I get overwhelmed by lists like that. How many of you go to work and you see the job board of everything that you have to do this week? It's a little overwhelming. It's like, is it lunchtime already? Let's go. I mean, I think we do this so many times. And I've seen this over and over again in our lives. And I get overwhelmed. And so you hear this list of commandments, meditate on my commandments. There's so many commandments, God. I don't even know where to start. But 1 John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments, commandments are not burdensome. 
It's a promise. They're not burdensome to you. In fact, you're going to find victory when you do. In fact, I'm going to simplify my commandments so much that you'll be able to do it. Just love me and love your neighbor. You can do that. Just two. Just two lists. And so we start doing that. And we hear that and we're encouraged. Man, I think, you know, my friend is awesome because she's so amazing because she'll make her list. And then, and then I'm like, how do you not get overwhelmed by that? She goes, I just look at the top, whatever is at the top. And then I cross it out. It's amazing satisfaction when you cross it out with a pen. And then I go to the next one. And what's amazing about our list and your list for God and your list of whatever it is that you want to accomplish and want to your goal for your relationship with God and how you want to connect, the, the top of the list is love. And, and immediately when you cross out love, it appears by the next one. 15-minute prayer time, love. And then it's uh, uh, evangelized to 10 people today. And then he just puts love. And love just moves down your list because that's really the motivation is that if love is not on the list, then the list is pointless. Relationship focus. This is what this is about. Meditation is all about your relationship with God. And relationship with Jesus is not a burden. Pastors burn out all the time. It's it's a crazy statistic. Emotional affairs, moral failure, um, you know, all this stuff. They burn out. They just get tired and they burn out. Just like you, probably. You burn out sometimes. And, and they do this. And I was reading an article about how to not burn out as a pastor. Uh, that may be an indicator that I'm getting close to burnout. I don't know. Maybe I was just curious to help my friend who's a pastor down the street. I don't know. But I was reading this article. I was just fascinated by it. And as I was reading this article, it said, spend 80% of your time with people who fill you up. Meaning, if you look at your watch... And it's felt like four hours, felt like four hours, but it's only been 30 minutes. You know, it, it's like, no, wait, no, that's backwards. If, it, if you look at your watch, and it feels like 30 minutes, but it's been four hours, that's a person who builds you up. Time flies when you're having fun. And there's people like this in my life. I stayed with somebody this week. We stayed at a house at a house this week, and man, when we were with them, I, I feel like it felt like we were there only half a day. It was so awesome. They're so encouraging. And then spend ten minutes, ten percent of your time, eighty percent with people like that, ten percent of your time with people who are just stagnant. You know, it feels like thirty minutes, and you look at your watch, and it's been thirty minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm only gonna hang out with you ten percent of the time. And then spend ten percent of your time with people who if. Feels like four hours, but you look at your watch, it's only been 30 minutes. These are people who drain you, relationships that drain you. And so I was looking at this, and I was like, that's a great, that's a great statistic. And maybe I'll do that, maybe I won't. I'm in a small church plant, so I can't hide from everyone. You know, relationships give life, they're stagnant, or they suck life. They do it all the time, but here's what's great. It's that your relationship with God will give life life. It'll give life. And the more you get into that meditation, the more you get in a solitude, the more you pray, you'll notice that, man, this dude, it only felt like five minutes I was praying and it was an hour. I've connected with God so much. And not only that, this relationship is worth investing in. 
Because this relationship is a relationship that can only meet a need that no one else can meet. In Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. They're higher than our ways. They come from heavenly places. They're far beyond us. And it's the only relationship that you'll ever have that'll fulfill the need of your spirit. He's the only one who can breathe life into your spirit. He's, by his Holy Spirit, has made a way for you to feel life and feel alive. It's amazing how he does that. There's so many other things that things do. You know, we can, we can eat better and we can work out and our flesh feels really good. You know, we can go see a romantic comedy and all of a sudden we feel happy that we're single. You know, whatever you do, but, but, but to spend time with God and to sit with him. To meet a need that only he can meet. And a lot of us have been trying to meet that need in a lot of different ways. There's actually a hole in our heart, as some describe. There's a hole in our heart, a void, where I just feel empty. And no matter what I do, I just don't feel filled up. And the answer to that hole, the answer to that question has always been Jesus and will always be Jesus. He's the one who will fulfill that desire. So how often should we meditate, Ben? Well, here the, in Joshua 1, 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Day and night. Don't hesitate to meditate. Just write that down. Don't hesitate to meditate. Whenever you think about Jesus, why don't you just take a brief pause and just meditate on his goodness and then go on about the rest of your day. The charismatics will say, get your daily dose of the ghost. I think that would be appropriate as well. But what I found is in my walk with God and in spiritual disciplines, repetition is really the key. When I was in fourth grade, I had an amazing teacher. I wrote a how-to paper. And, and, and maybe you had a fourth grade teacher. Maybe you had that assignment in fourth grade, how to bake cookies, how to bake a cake, how to play, whatever it was. Mine was how to juggle. And Mr. Martin told us how to juggle. It was the funnest paper I've ever written. No offense, Mrs. Snelson. It was the funnest paper I've ever written because it was so awesome because we got to go outside and we got to juggle and it was so fun and we got to learn. And really, I just got to hang out with my friends and, you know, we were like throwing them back and forth to each other and it was awesome. But it was real simple instruction. It was throw one beanbag left to right, left to right. And it looked something like this. Under, under, okay? 
for it. I'm nervous. Still needs a lot more work. It's amazing. So many years later, I still know the repetition of juggling. And for you, as you spend time with God, you're going to know repetition. You're going to know his voice. You're going to know his presence. You're going to know so many things. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But as soon as you do it, you'll learn how to do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul was a master at this. He wrote, pray without ceasing. Can you imagine a dialogue all day long, praying without ceasing? I don't really know how you order your, your McDonald's when you're praying without ceasing, because how do I have a conversation while I'm still praying? I don't know how that works. Many scholars, many scholars don't think that was a literal term. It was more figurative. And they think maybe he started a prayer in the morning, and then he picked it up a couple hours later, and then he continued it a couple hours later, and then before he went to bed, he finished the prayer. Maybe that's what praying without ceasing means, and maybe you can practice that. Or maybe what I like to think, praying without ceasing, I like to think that Jesus is in the room with me. That wherever I go, there he is and he's in the relationship. And we're constantly doing things together and we're constantly talking. And we're constantly interacting and there's a conversation that's happening. And I believe that's true because Jesus is the Lord of my life and his spirit lives within me. And so I'm praying without ceasing every day because there he is right next to me. I hang out with my friend Jay Tom, and he's so awesome, and, and we could just hang out, and we can be doing stuff, but we're still together, and we're still engaging in the relationship. And then we turn around because we office right next to each other, and we talk a little bit, and then we turn around and do more work. It's an ongoing relationship throughout the day, and I think your relationship with Jesus looks a lot like that. God really desires one thing, and as Tyler and David come help me out. He really desires, I think, one thing, and that's relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you, and he wants to, he wants for you to cash in the promise. That literally, you would draw near to him. And so whether it's awareness, solitude, or meditation, or maybe many other ways that you begin to engage God, I want to encourage you this week that you would engage him in deep ways. In concluding this series and concluding this message, we've been doing something. We've been singing the song, Draw Near. And what I've done is I've been wanting to encourage you to draw near to his presence. And I didn't want you to wait till Monday morning because Monday morning's busy and the emails are going off. I wanted you to start engaging in his presence immediately starting today. My desire for Luminous Church so we would be a people who would draw near to God and we would see this relationship grow and blossom. So I'm going to pray for you and in reflection, meditation, let your mind zone out. This is for you. Zone out to this song and think about God. Think about what it's like to pray without ceasing. Maybe have a conversation with him. Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe he'll tell you a joke. God's awesome. He does all sorts of things. He wants relationship. He desires it. And for you in this room who may have not entered into a relationship, you can do so. 
Romans 10, 9 says, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And in this promise that Jesus is who he says he is and trusting in that promise brings salvation to your house. That's all it takes. Father, as we meditate on you for just a few moments, some of us will meditate with our eyes open, some with our eyes closed. But Lord, I pray that you would flood our thought life with your thoughts. That you would flood our imagination with your words, with images of you. And Jesus, it is our prayer that we would be strong and courageous, that we would not be frightened, that we not be dismayed, for you are with us wherever you go, we go. And so, Lord, we draw near to you in this moment, in Jesus' name.
Will you stand with me this morning? 
Man, I hope that you had a moment to just meet with Jesus this morning. It's really our prayer. If you need prayer for anything on the way out today, we're going to have prayer workers right up here. We'd love to pray for you and with you and stand with you in agreement. We hope you have an amazing week. Join us next Sunday for Disciple. Be one, make one. Our new series. We can't wait to see you there. Have a great day. Be blessed.